You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And we are live. What is going on, Giants Nation? Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Happy Thanksgiving to you, Chris. Nick Filato of Big Blue View here, joined by Chris Flum to give our rapid reactions on the Giants 28 to 20 loss over the Dallas Cowboys here Thursday Thanksgiving football. Look, Chris, there's a lot of directions we can take it in. I'm not 100% certain where you want to start, but it's upsetting because the Giants, who are incredibly injured at this point, right? You're talking about the secondary, the offensive line had three new starters on it. They were really competitive in the first half and kind of gave us this impression that, wow, this Giants team might be able to pull off this upset, but they absolutely collapsed. In the second half, it seemed like the injuries were a little bit too much to overcome. Some very, very controversial calls went Dallas's direction. And then by the end of the half, we were just saying, didn't seem like the Giants had a chance despite the nice start to begin the game. Yeah, I think that really is where we have to start. This was a tale of two halves. The first half went absolutely according to script for the Giants' victories this year, especially their victories over teams they probably shouldn't have beaten, where the Giants played disciplined football they played within themselves and they let the other team beat themselves yeah dallas was playing hyper hyper aggressive football to start the game they were airing it out testing the giants downfield they were they went for it on a fourth and two from their own 40 yard line i mean okay maybe the fourth down decision bot says that's a toss-up but woof i i wouldn't have taken that bet Yeah, I I don't think Dallas really respected the Giants offense in this game. And it really cost them in the first half. The Giants went into halftime with the lead. And then second half, Dallas continued to play sloppy, but they also played a much more methodical brand of football. And ultimately that they were able to get back over their, you know, get their skis back under them. And I thought the start of the game was interesting too, Chris, because the Giants came out and all week we discussed and it made sense that it was just going to be the Saquon Barkley show. But Mike Kafka and Brian Dable deviated from that and they went with a more pass-heavy attack for Daniel Jones. And it looked like the Giants were able to, I would say, at least in the beginning of the game, they were moving the football with a few nice chunk gains and they were able to slow down that pass rush of Dallas. I mean, Dallas only ended up finishing with three sacks, two in the second half against Andrew Thomas by Micah Parsons. But throughout the game, even though the Giants had this nice pass happy type of attack, I felt like Daniel Jones was a little off target on really key critical situations like the third down to Richie James. Then there was another play to Richie James. Richie James made a fantastic catch on a football that was poorly placed to the outside. And then the egregious fourth and what one or fourth and two, whatever it was, where Daniel Jones put it behind Saquon Barkley and the Giants only had 10 players on the field. So what the heck happened with that play? I I don't know. Like I said, tale of two halves. The Giants just kind of collapsed in the fourth half or in the, in the second half, the fourth quarter, particularly they were, 
it was almost inexplicable the way their their mental mistakes started to snowball on them it was like they got to the got to the second half and then didn't know what to do from there they know how to play from a, from like a four point deficit but I'm, they didn't seem to know how to play from a six point lead <laughs> No, and that's where it got upsetting too, because the Giants went into halftime, score 13 to 7. Giants are up. You know, we have all the momentum at this point. And then Dallas received the football and went on a 14 play, 75 yard drive. And now this is the second week in the row, Chris, that we've seen this. A team come out of halftime. And last week, the Lions double dipped, which was one reason why the team just got into an incredible hole. But Dallas drives down the field. They score the touchdown. And I'll say this a couple of those Darnay Holmes penalties were really, really suspect. And what made me most angry about it was Kayvon Thibodeau was blatantly held on the one third and seven pass that I think I uh, went to CD lamb and that was neglected to be called, but still 14 plays. You, you still had other chances, uh, the New York giants defense to come up with stops and they didn't. And then you have two sets of downs on the offense where they just turned the football over on downs. They went six plays, 20 yards, fourth and one. Daniel Jones puts it behind Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley does not catch a turnover on downs. And then what does Dallas do with their next two offensive possessions? 14 points. They score two straight touchdowns. And at that point in the game, what are you going to do? The New York Giants turn the football over off their 11-play, 38-yard drive on downs, that is. But you're out of the game at that point, essentially, because there's like 8.58-something left in the game, and it's 28-13. to 13. Yes, and it, it really could have been worse if Dallas hadn't missed that final field goal attempt. You know, we have a, a question here is like, you know, why are the Giants so Jekyll and Hyde from play calling standpoint? And what's with the time management at the end of the second half? And those are things we both wanted, wanted to talk about. So why don't we take those in order? You know, the, go ahead. Like what the Giants play calling. Giants play calling. We'll be able to give better analysis on that. Once we see the all 22, see exactly what Dallas was doing with their safeties and with their defensive front. And I actually thought there were some really well schemed up plays by Mike Kafka. Now the, the 10 guys on the field, that's inexcusable. I don't know if that's on Mike Kafka or if it's on somebody else, but that's a very nice play design. That got Saquon Barkley free with leverage on Leighton Van Der Esch. could have realistically went for a touchdown if Daniel Jones put that where the football should have been. Unfortunately, it did not, but I'm going to wait. I'm going to reserve my judgment a little bit with the play calling. I think it's a little bit difficult to blame Mike Kafka because he has a whole new group of wide receivers that he's working with every single week with all these injuries and three different offensive linemen. So we'll wait to see the all 22, but in terms of the tempo, I'm not really hundred percent certain Chris what's going on with that, because it was at the end of the first half and at the end of the game, I'm sitting there like, what the hell are the New York giants doing from a tempo standpoint? Yeah. Like just my own take first blush on this is this is the Giants offense as it has been all year long. They have a pretty limited selection of plays and it, they have some plays they execute. Well, the difference I think is that the Giants were winning in the first half of the season. So the feeling about those plays is, you know, obviously much better, much more positive. The, the last couple games, those plays haven't been working. I think, the NFL as a whole has gotten tape on the Giants offense and you know they're they're now starting to recognize what happens you know when and where the Giants like to run those play action boot how they like to layer their receivers when they like to get the ball to the tight end on those crossing routes off of play action and then as for the tempo honestly I think that might that just might be how fast the Giants are able to play. Like they have really struggled to play with urgency all year long. Like this is something I've kind of noticed 
in other games where it's like, you know, come on guys, get, get the ball snapped. Let's go move a little bit faster, please. You know, clock's moving here. And they, I think they play a methodical offense because that is the offense they are able to play. Like the giants have had an incredible start to the season, but they have a very limited team. And they are limited. They were limited in a lot of positions even before they were. I'm going to say almost literally decimated by injuries. You know, not actually decimated because you know actual decimations involve people literally being killed. The Giants didn't have anybody <laughs> getting killed, but they did lose a more than a tenth of their active roster to injuries last week. So yeah, it, it, they kind of are what they are right now. They are what they are, and it's and it says something. It speaks volumes of this team, right? That after Cordell Flott, a third round rookie out of LSU, gets injured and suffers that concussion, that the Giants really started falling apart on the back end. And I think we should talk maybe a little bit about Wink Martindale because Wink will wink, and we love that. <laughs> and I, Giants were getting some some solid pressure and some hits on Dak Prescott in that first half. Kayvon Thibodeau to me had his best game as a New York Giant, but. The constant putting Darnay Holmes in a one-on-one situation against CeeDee Lamb in the slot with no help just proved to be the Achilles heel of this Giants defense. And I get you're going to do your thing, but you need to change it up a little bit at that point. And I felt like it it got exposed. And I know he's not working with a lot. He's working with maybe some guys he found on DoorDash, if you know what I'm talking about. But I think you do need to change some things up on the back end because – all game, the Giants were getting toasted on those deep over routes, and I felt like Darnay Holmes was put into a really disadvantageous situation time and time again against a superior player. Yeah, the Darnay Holmes against Ceedee Lamb is a matchup you take every time if you're the if you're the Cowboys, and that's a matchup Dallas took just about every single time. And you know, I I don't want to blame Darnay Holmes too much because that is a very tough matchup. And once Cordell Flott went down, yeah, I, I'm really not sure what the Giants were supposed to do. You don't want them to change their scheme to go outside of their DNA too much on the fly. But we saw it with Baltimore last year. Wink's defense is one that needs guys on the back end. He cannot get along with just Jags. If he's forced to scrape the bottom of his depth chart, He's st- wink going to wink, like you said. And if you run too many of those blitzes with guys who are special teams players, that's kind of what is going to happen. <laughs> but we've seen him change his scheme. That's the thing. We have a quote from or a comment from Paul Gillen. Wink doesn't change his scheme despite injuries or different players. I think he has a point there, but I also do think he changes scheme depending on the opponent he's going up against. Like, let's go back to week seven against Jacksonville. Didn't really blitz at all that entire game. He was very, very passive. He was dropping eight into coverage because I think that was a part of his game plan. But I think his game plan in this game and his game plan against Jared Goff was get pressure, get after them, and then dictate to them. And then once that didn't work, he didn't deviate that much, at least especially not this week, maybe a little bit last week. But the Lions weren't really throwing the football down the stretch of the game because they had such an insurmountable lead, it seemed like, over the New York Giants. But yeah, I would like to see some more adjustments it's easy to say that sitting in this chair, but we, know, but we know the Giants don't 
have the personnel to, to guard the CD lambs of the world. Now, if they had a Dory Jackson, I'm pretty sure Wink Martindale would have been like 22. You guard 88 and you're not leaving them. You're going to follow them into the slot and we're going to make 13 Michael Gallup and Noah Brown, 85 beat us. And you know what? The Dallas Cowboys might have still beat the New York giants, but giants would have had a much better opportunity and chance to win. But instead not to put a lot on the coaching staff here, but let's do it. They had to use a Dory Jackson as a punt returner, which we're probably going to slam the for for the foreseeable future because I still think it's one of the dumbest things. It is the dumbest thing this coaching staff has done so far. Uh, yeah, I I I agree, but yeah, you know, I it would also hurt if a Dory was out there if he had never returned a punt, was out there and just got his legs tangled up in a on a coverage rep and got hurt as well. So I, I'm not going to damn them too much for it it's definitely a more dangerous play than your average coverage rep on defense but like you said it is what it is right now they've got the guys they've got uh they'll get jackson back eventually uh hopefully before january but you know right now i'm i'm actually a little bit thankful the giants have the mini buy to hopefully get Cordell Flott, who was ruled out with a concussion. Hopefully he will be able to get back before their next game. Because if they have to go with a starting secondary of uh, Nick McLeod and uh, Darius Williams, yeah. yeah, that that starts to get, you know, that, I think you might start to see a repeat performance. <laughs> I want to tip my cap to Rodarius Williams, who did have that one PBU, and he came away with the interception. And it's pretty cool. He's essentially a rookie after missing most of his rookie season with the torn ACL. And Chris, we got a comment from, it looks like, SMTH Crazy, if you want to put that up on the screen for the YouTube audi audience. But for those on the podcast, says, born, raised in New York, live in Dallas, as neutral as I can be on this. Giants are overachieving with injuries. Also, in my opinion, do you guys think coordinator coaching needs changing and where anyone need to go. I don't, I still love these coordinators. Look, we're going to chastise them when they lose. And when they win, they we're going to applaud them for the adjustments that they make in game and everything that they've done up to this point. Like you're right. Giants are overachieving Smith crazy, right? I think one reason why they're overachieving achieving is because of Mike Kafka and because of Wink Martindale. So I would not advocate for any of those guys to be let go. No. Yeah, no, I, I said it after the Giants beat Green Bay, after they beat Baltimore. I honestly believe there is an argument that they have the best coaching staff in the NFL, and I still believe that. You know, they they are playing with a very, very limited roster at this point. They opened the season with a limited roster, and you know, they have had some serious attrition over the last few weeks. I think the coaching staff is kind of doing everything they can right now you know wink he is from the ryan coaching tree buddy ryan rex ryan you know those guys are going to be aggressive they're going to run exotic blitzes and when they get backed into a corner they swing that much harder that is who they are you know he comes from the coaching tree that punched Kevin Gilbride in the face for throwing the ball too much. <laughs> yeah, that, that is just that. who he is. <laughs> and yeah, you know, I if I'm going to love him for it when it's going well, yeah, you know, I'm not going to damn him for it when he's forced to field special teams players, you know, fourth, 
fifth string players as starters against one of the best offenses in the NFL. I, I absolutely understand the frustration, but we also do need to be realistic about who the Giants are. They really have been punching well above their weight class this year, and they got off to a fantastic start to the season. As far as I'm concerned, they have proven everything they need to this year, and now they're facing really the toughest home stretch of any team in the NFL. So... You know, what's going to happen is going to happen. I think coaching-wise, they are in a great position going forward. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. As Joe Shane can draft and find the free agents that this front office wants to bring in. This roster is inevitably going to improve. And I say that with the caveat of we don't know who the quarterback is going to be. We don't know if Saquon Barkley is going to be back. So we'll have to kind of wait and see. We also have a comment from Joshua Ellison. It's simple, 10 days to get ready for Washington, get it done. I agree, Washington has a matchup against Atlanta on Sunday. As Chris pointed out, Giants need to go back into this bye week, get healthy, come up with a game plan, and play this Washington team that is playing much better football than they were playing at the beginning of the season. Also got a comment from Chris D. They're not letting Daniel Jones run anymore. Anyone notice that? Yeah, we have noticed that. Daniel Jones had three carries for 14 yards. I don't believe there were any designed rushes that weren't zone reads. And I think a pro one product of that, Chris, is defenses aren't allowing it. I think earlier in the season, we were seeing those backside pursuit defenders, specifically against the Bears and the Packers, not respect <laughs> yeah. Daniel Jones. So Daniel Jones would just pick up the yards with his legs. Now we're now all those teams, those backside pursuit defenders are, are just staying put. So that that's one reason why, but I still think a big reason why the Giants had a lot of offensive success earlier wasn't even just his own read game. It was the play-action boot game, which the defense also is accounting for. But we're not seeing nearly as much Daniel Jones on the ground. And I think in order for the Giants to really be effective on offense right now with the lack of explosive plays, which they actually had one again with Darius Slayton on that 44-yard game. But I think one way they, they need to still move the football is to incorporate Daniel Jones's legs or at least the threat of them. And that's not something maybe we're seeing as much as we did maybe like three or four weeks ago. Yeah, I, I really think uh, increased defensive discipline, like the book is kind of being written. The tape is out there on the Giants offense at this point. They've had, what, 11 games for opposing defenses to study. So they more or less know what the Giants do, what they don't do, what they can do, what they can't do. And, you know, we, we said it after last week, discipline is kind of the Giants kryptonite right now. The first half, 
Dallas was being incredibly undisciplined. They were really undisciplined all game. I mean, they had 13 penalties, even without, yeah. even with some not getting called. That is incredible. A lot of them were like weird, like false starts too, like just yeah. totally undisciplined things that should not be happening at home. Yeah, I mean, you, a home team and the home team is not supposed to be having pre-snap penalties in a loud stadium. <laughs> That's supposed <laughs> exactly. to be for the for the road team, and the Giants really weren't getting those. So. You know, we're we, also, oh, oh sorry. No, yeah, no, I'm just going to say, we're getting a lot of questions in the comments right now from Paul and Joshua about Saquon Barkley and his health, his durability. He doesn't look as explosive as he used to. And I can actually see that too. I don't think he looks as explosive as we saw in the beginning of the season, but I also don't think that's necessarily a, a novel thing just because he has been such a focal point of this offense. And we're several weeks into the season now, and I, I do appreciate how this coaching staff the last two weeks when the Giants were losing, they take Saquon Barkley out. They're not going to put him out there or trot him out there and put him in harm's way. They were using Gary Brightwell. They're using Matt Breida. On some of those Gary Brightwell runs that you're referring to, Paul, because he said Gary Brightwell looked better than he did today, I will say that Brightwell had a really nice cut, but those, those holes were a lot bigger than the ones that Saquon Barkley had. So I think that's one reason why. But I am a little bit worried about Saquon Barkley's effectiveness and explosiveness down the stretch of the season. Cause it's been a couple of weeks now where we really haven't seen it even against Houston. It wasn't necessarily crazy explosive plays that we saw in the beginning of the year, right? It was more just like six, seven, eight yards. Cause Houston's just a terrible defense. And they're going to give this guy the football 30, 36 times. I mean, 35 carries in a game is just insane. Yeah, it, it really is. I think again, part of it is increased defensive discipline where defenses just have guys rallying to Barkley, but also he has been running a lot more physical than he had previously in his career. And he was heading headlong. He was sprinting towards like well over 400 touches. And I, I do think the giants might have run him down just a little bit, maybe a little bit overused him in the first half. And I, I also do kind of want to talk about Gary Brightwell and also Matt Breida this game, because one thing we did point out as a potential option for the Giants to deal with their injuries was their per, was their pony package, that 21 personnel package. And they made good use of that, I thought. Part of the reason for those just massive alleys for Gary Brightwell was because the Giants used Saquon Barkley as a decoy Dallas keyed on him and Brightwell was able to use his vision and explode up field. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Paul just actually brought that up to holes are bigger because all of the eyes are typically on Saquon, maybe run more running backs and on that one play that, that uh, everyone's referencing with Brightwell, they had Barkley as a wing back there and they motioned him around. We'll see on the film if that really drew the, eyes of Jabril Cox and Leighton Vander Esch and the linebackers, but it's plausible that it did. Kelly also asked, do you think that fourth and one throw was on Daniel Jones? Look, I think Saquon Barkley still needs to catch it, but yes, ultimately that's on the quarterback. You hit him in stride. You're talking about a possible touchdown with an athlete like Saquon Barkley. You put it to his back hip, forcing Saquon Barkley, who's running laterally to adjust behind him to make the catch. It's tough on Saquon Barkley. He still needs to catch it, but ultimately I would put the blame on Daniel Jones if there is one person to blame. Uh, same. That was, that is a very difficult catch to make, you, you know, running across the field, you put the ball low and behind him and it looked like the ball might've come out a little bit sooner than Barkley was expecting pressure. Yeah. yeah that, that is 
really that's a throw Jones has to make. Yeah. And that was kind of a, a throw he struggled to make all season. Like we mentioned earlier in the stream, he, oh, sorry, not all season, all game. As we mentioned earlier in the stream, he was, Daniel Jones was kind of erratic this game. He was throwing kind of outside of guys catch radiuses, especially on those throws outside the numbers to the flats there. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if it was the effect of pressure, if, Dallas was forcing him to move and that was interfering with his mechanics. That's something I think we're definitely going to have to have to take a look at on the all 22. Absolutely. And I think one of the, and we brought this up at the beginning of the stream too, but let's really put it into context here because the giants, they love to run on second down. Like they're running on second and long, which is very Jason Garrett of them. I think <laughs> but, ooh. Yeah, ooh, right. that's one thing I will say that I'm, that I'm not a huge fan of, but I think there are a lot of reasons for it as we brought up the offensive line, the protection, and obviously the, let me turn off the ESPN thing. And obviously the, <laughs> the injuries to the uh, wide receivers, but ESPN just loves four, to get free advertising on our stream. Oh, I absolutely hate it. Like, dude, just take it off. We all use your platform. It's a good interface to use to look at stats, but I don't want these ads just being blaring all the time all over, whatever. But third <laughs> and four, Daniel Jones misses Richie James in the flat. That came after that first interception at Dak Prescott. Like, you really want to make an impression on this game. You're up 3 nothing. You can't go 3 and out there. The Giants came out with two straight runs to get into a third and fourth situation. Daniel Jones had a pitching catch to Richie James and just put it out of reach. And those are the types of throws where you're like, man, you, you got to hit that. That is a got to have it moment. Daniel Jones has been phenomenal this season in got to have it type of moments. But right there, I mean, you go 3 and out after your defense forces an interception with all the injuries they have on the back end. What happens next drive? Dallas goes 11 plays, 93 yards, punches it into the end zone. So like little plays like that can come back to bite you in the rear end. Yeah, absolutely. When you have a, a, a margin of error as small as the Giants do, you know, they just don't have the horsepower that a lot of other offenses in the NFL do they, they didn't have the horsepower at the beginning of the season when they still had Katarius Tony and they still had, you know, Wandale Robinson healthy and Sterling Shepard healthy. Now their margins for error are beyond razor thin. They it's like hair width thin. So if the opportunities are there, they absolutely positively have to take advantage of them. That's just the only thing. And that's what's so upsetting too, man, because the Giants had a touchdown nullified, a 24-yard touchdown to Isaiah Hodgins where they take a stupid, ineligible man downfield penalty. And look, he was three yards downfield. That's against the rule. Now, that's not the reason for the rule, but still, like Tyree Phillips just don't drift that far downfield. I, I swear to God, man, the Giants get called for that a lot. It's, one reason is because they run a lot of RPOs and stuff like that, where the offensive line doesn't know if they should climb up to the second level. Daniel Jones holds on to the football a second too late. That's what happened to them last week against Detroit. But this wasn't an RPO. This was, I believe, like a play-action pass where Hodgins was open. That was a well-designed play there. And just one little mistake by an offensive lineman just getting a little bit too aggressive following Demarcus Lawrence downfield led to seven points getting or six points getting removed from the board. Yeah, it, it did. And it, this really was a sloppy game from both teams. Dallas was sloppy all game long. The Giants were they had some ugly series in the first half. They got very sloppy as things kind of snowballed on them in the second half. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure if that's just an artifact of it being Thursday night football. Both teams only had like really three days to get ready for it. Yeah, you know, it's 
I personally am not fond of Thursday games just because teams have such little time to get ready. I just prefer watching games where they've had a normal week to prepare, you know, just as a fan of football and somebody who likes to watch good football be played well. But yeah, there were times where this game was just kind of painful to watch from that perspective. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. But Chris, do you have anything else on this game, this 28 to 20 Victory for the Dallas Cowboys over our beloved New York Giants, where Dallas had 430 total yards and the Giants had 300. Yeah, yeah. I'm really going to focus in on that all 22 tape when we do eventually get it, because there are some questions I have that I think that will really provide the answer to. And I'm really interested to get a good look at Kayvon Thibodeau from both angles because I thought he had a very good game himself like you said maybe his best game as a pro and yeah I I also want to get a better look at some of the coverages the Giants called because you know TV angle being what it is especially after the ball snapped you're not quite sure exactly what's going on down there to me it looked like there was a lot of cover zero in this game Uh, which would not which would not surprise me. Last no. week, I think they ran cover zero, the Giants, like 26% of the time against the Lions. And you wouldn't really think so because Jared Goff didn't get, get sacked, I don't think, once. Like Jared Goff was just getting the, the football out of his hands very quickly. And Dak Prescott looked like he struggled with those pressures early in the game. But in the second half, man, it, it wasn't even phasing him, it looked like. So it's unfortunate, but the New York Giants, they'll look to regroup and bounce back against another NFC East opponent, their first matchup against the Washington Commanders next week. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the Chris and Nick show here on Big Blue View Radio. Please head on over to BigBlueView.com, where we have all of our written content covering the New York Giants extensively. Thank you, everybody, and have a lovely day. Yes. Oh, and before we get out of here, Joshua, we w- I will get to that, but in our next podcast. <laughs> Night, everybody. <laughs> Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise Flagship Fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise Flagship Fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com Flagship. This is a paid advertisement.